Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Schedulicity has helped me in so many ways from being absolutely vital to communicating to my clients in two different locations over the last 11 weeks while I was closed, but also to being a simple way for my clients to go in and match their schedules and availability to mine and find the right service for them. Customer service is top-notch, literally never missed a freaking beat during COVID being there for me, answering questions. I mean, it's just, I don't know how one company is always just so on the money when it comes to helping people, but Schedulicity has got it figured out. Um, From their CEO, who literally is available to anyone like nicest dude in the world to their customer service people, to their IT tech guys. Like they just literally know what it's like to be a one person in a chair. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? Oh, man. What's up, buddy? Another day at Premier. I'm really excited. Premier Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Premier, Premier Philly, Philly, right? Yeah. Uh, you've had the honor to uh, meet this, our next guest, and mm-hmm. this is the first time I've met him personally. I feel like I know him because I've researched him, and I've watched him for so many years yeah, right. that, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm super excited. It's like... Uh, I guess I'm truly, uh, I guess you could say, fanning. Uh, Are you a fanboy? A little bit. <laughs> a little right? bit of fanboy? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm super excited for this podcast. I am too. But I mean, I think before we get started, we 110% have to thank Salon Centric for putting us up this weekend. Yes. Um, we did have a little bit of an issue about a month ago um, with uh, with Premier. Not an issue with Premier necessarily, but they just didn't have space for us. So, um, so you know, thank you, Salon Centric, for, for bringing us into your VIP room. And now we get to talk to Salon Centric so VIPs. On that note, yeah, that all the background noise that you're going to hear, music and people talking in the background, yeah, we're, we are in the VIP room, and that's other people in here uh, meeting and greeting, and uh, you know, so that's that's where all the back background noise is. So from. basically, you're saying the background noise is from the VIPs. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited too. So uh, today, our guest is Mr. Sam Via, the one and only. The one and only, yeah, the, absolutely. The elusive, because it took us a while to get, right. get him in. You know, this guy's schedule is insane. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, crazy. Yeah, so yeah. let's uh, let's let's dive into this, and because uh, I know he's pressed for time, and uh, we have a busy schedule, but I, you know, so we can uh, follow him for the rest of the day. We have five hours after him before our next one, so we're going to kind of stalk, him, stalk him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Get kicked out of his room. Right. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so uh, Mr. Sam Bia, thank you for joining us on your day off. Well, I got to tell you guys, first of all, on behalf of uh, myself, it's just a pleasure to be here and be with you guys on your day off and uh, just talk about the industry because there is so much going on. And uh, I'm all about education, education, education. So I'm glad to see that you guys are here at Premier Philly. I'm going to... Is it? Would it be okay if I called you the Godfather of Education? <laughs> the Godfather, I like that man. You know what I mean? I, uh, I appreciate that. You know what? It's just you know so many over the many years that I've been in the industry. Like I guess it's what over forty years now. Started when I was one. I want to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> but over the forty years I've been in the industry, so many people have shared so many things with me, 
and all I choose to do is pay it forward. So I stand before people motivated by the passion to teach, not to say that I'm right, not to say that they're wrong, not to show off, not to say that I'm a visionary, not to say I'm a genius, not to say I'm an inventor. I'm proud to say that I'm a hairdresser who chooses to be a teacher. Mm. You know, that's my path and that's where I want to go. That, well, we're going to talk about that path. Absolutely. Where does that path start? So Sam, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from and how you came up. I'm originally, I was born in New Mexico and my father was a barber. I grew up in the barber shop and hated it. I really hated it. I remember at the age of seven, eight, on a Saturday morning, driving down the street. Imagine 7 a.m. and all my other <laughs> friends are out and are riding their bikes. And I'm on the way to the barbershop to shine shoes. And um, I didn't like it because I saw my father stand on his feet all day. And I thought to myself, I'm never going to do that. I'll never do that. And look at me today. Here I am, standing and running from one place to another. Here you and are, 41 years old, and your and feet hurt. That's right, 41, don't forget. And loving it. So, you know, sometimes, you know, the path of life and where it leads you, you just never know, you know, and that's why it's so important to just take every day as a day and whatever it offers you, run with it and see what happens. At what point from hating it to that's what I want to do? Well, I was really into sports. So I was going to college on a volleyball scholarship and uh, I was basically a setter and a phys ed major. Now, this was in 1972. And think about it then, you know, being a phys ed major, really, eh, you're a teacher, but not really extremely great money. Yet, I knew that that's what I wanted to do was teach. So my junior year in college, I went home one weekend, sat with my mother and father at the dinner table and said, I want to drop out of school and go to beauty school. Now, you have to understand, my father was clapping underneath the table. (laughs) My mom was like, what? You know, what are you, crazy? You got two years left, actually a year left, and you're going to throw this away. I go, Mom, I cut school half the time to go to the beach to play volleyball. I'm a phys ed major. I said, you know what? Dad's done really well, but I don't want to be a barber. I want to go to cosmetology school. I saw the movie Shampoo. That was it. So I thought, I want to be a cosmetologist. I want to go to beauty school. So I, my dad said, all right. You know, my mom said, okay, if you want to do that, here's the deal. You don't like it. You drop out. You're going to come back, and you're going to go back and finish your last year, and you're responsible for getting through that, you know, because you're going to give up everything. I said, all right, deal. Now, I, off I went to, I was in Santa Cruz, California at the time, living there, and going to school in San Jose, San Jose State. And uh, the, um, I came back. And my dad said, all right, well, we'll find a good school. He found one in San Mateo called Ponce College of Beauty with Peter Hans and Sally Ponce. Sally Ponce was the Olympic coach for women. And Peter Hans had uh, rod transfer perms. He was really a platform artist, very well wow. known back in that. So I had my dad picked a pretty good school. About a month into school, my teacher came over to me. And she said, Sam, you know, you might want to think about doing something else. <laughs> Go check your rollers. They're falling out of the dryer. Wow. <laughs> you know, and you might want to think about doing something else. And I just looked at her. I walked away. So that weekend, you know, my dad called me up on Saturday. He goes, how's it going? I go, Dad, not too good. You know, I'm thinking that maybe I made a mistake. He goes, well, I'm going to pick you up in the morning. We're going to go to a hair show. Be ready at 7. I go, okay. So he picked me up. And I go, Dad, it's so early. Where are we going? He goes, we're going to drive into the city in San Francisco. And we're going to go see Vidal Sassoon. Again, imagine this. 19, what, 72, 73? And uh, I said, Vidal Sassoon, that's the one everybody talks about in school. Got to the show. My dad's pretty smart. Sat in the middle, second row. I got to tell you, I saw Roger Thompson, Christopher Broker, Vidal, and Alan Benfield Bush. Those four gentlemen were on stage cutting hair. And they took these four Asian women and just melted the hair. And I was on the edge of my seat. And my dad's like, sit back, sit back. I said, (laughs) Dad, Dad, I want to do that. Wow. He said, what? I said, I want to be up there someday and teach. He goes, and you have to understand the relationship I have with my father. He's like, eyes here, Samuelson, eyes here. <laughs> and I said, what? He goes, that's all ego and no money. Now, you have to have understand when he said something, I had to prove him wrong. So I went back to school and I had more intent more purpose, right. not necessarily a goal, but I knew that if I wanted to be a teach, teacher, I really had to focus on being present and learning everything that I could. Right. And so my attitude changed, and my teacher was about two months after that. She's like, are you okay? You know, you're doing really well. Oh, I went to a hair show. I'm going to be a teacher someday, a platform. She kind of rolled her eyes. <laughs> well, how many times do you think she's heard that? Well, right? Like that's everybody's times. goal, like, you know, coming out of hair school. Not, not make- from, but not from someone who did. She said, this might not be for you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what was interesting was 
I went back to San Francisco five years ago to do a show. Who's sitting in the front row? That teacher. Are you serious? Seriously. She's sitting in the front row. She can't, after the, I see her and I'm like, oh gosh. And I see her after the show. I go up to her and I go, I'm up for some coaching. Tell me what, how I did. She goes, no, the student is now teaching the teacher. Wow. And she was like, just real. I'm so proud of you. I want, I came to watch you and apologize to you for what I said. I said, no, no, no. You really gave me, you kind of wow. lit a fire inside of me and gave me a little bit more desire. So, you know, what? my point is this, is that those their struggles, you know, you, it's like online. What we need to do as an industry is stop bashing each other on Facebook. Amen. Stop bashing Amen. each other. If you don't like something, do me a favor, move on. Here's why I say that. You never know who's on the other side of the screen that you're talking to. It could be a student. Mm-hmm. And that's happened to me before. Walk into a cosmetology school, student goes, hey, you know, my mom told me to follow you. She's a hairdresser. I've been following. I'm trying to do what you do. And all I do is get bad comments. So I think I'm going to be dropping out of school and doing something else. Oh, my goodness. And I sat with her and told her, look, you can't take what people say. And I told her, when the past calls, don't answer it. It's got nothing new to say. Wow. Nothing Mm. new to say. So that's just them talking to you. They don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. I said, but you have to believe and trust in yourself that if I can do it, you can do it. The only difference between you and I is that I'm a human being. You're a human being. But the only difference is I probably practice these things more than you have. So, you know, I, I really encourage anybody and everybody, look, if you have the desire, you do it with intent and purpose, you could do anything that you want to do and achieve it. You know, I kind of like what, um, what Sam said about, again, intent and purpose, is that, and, and he, he was clear to say it wasn't a goal, mm-hmm. it was just intent and purpose. You know, and it's just kind of like breaking it down into like its, its smallest thing. Like, like intent and purpose will create a goal, intent and purpose will, will create an ending for you. You know, but it has to start with that, it has to start with the heart. I love that. I think I'm going to steal that. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's no stealing in the industry. It's you've just been inspired. <laughs> That's all. Just been inspired. And, and I get that a lot where uh, a lot of people are like, well, so how did you get where you're at? You know, and a lot of it is, um, you know, there's the Olympics. If you take a look at the Olympics, there's names that you never hear of. After the Olympics, you hear them on a daily basis. Right. And the reason you hear them on a daily basis is because they did something. They made something out of themselves. But that's because they were trained for years to get to that point. You know, you kind of bring a good point <clears> up <throat> because, like, you, you know, when we see when, when we see a Sam V on stage or we see a whomever on stage, like, like, like that's the, the I don't want to say the end of the work, but, but that's the pinnacle of the work, mm-hmm. right? It took a lot, a lot, a lot of work to yes, kind of get did. to that. And nobody ever wants to, wants to kind of, I don't know, see that or whatever, but it, it takes that hard work, that dedication and that intent and purpose well, to, I always to kind believe, of get you there. I believe this, Corey, that, you know, successful people are doing things while others are sleeping. You know, like I was having a a conversation. People were talking, well, Sam, I don't have time to do social. I go, well, what's the priority? So is it a priority? Because I would suggest you make it a priority because Uh you can really build. That's your business card now. You know, so you can really build a strong business with social. Yet, what time's your alarm go off? She said seven. I go, it needs to go off at six. She goes, why? Because that hour, now you're on social. You're right. being interactive because it requires time. You can't, it, social requires consistency like anything in life. You know, people go, do you work out? I go, yeah, I work out with my mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> I work out with my mannequins. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that, man. So, so, so a young Sam Via, who were your mentors? Who, oh, who did you look up to? Well, it goes back, like, you know, I followed Anthony Muscolo. I'll never forget. I worked in a salon. Um, and they first came to the West Coast, and they were working San Francisco to Seattle, and they were Tony and Guy at the time, and Anthony Moscolo was 18. And the salon I worked in, we had an opportunity to support them. And I will never forget being there at 3 a.m. and holding these strands of this guy, this kid, is weaving this hat. It was amazing. So wow. Anthony Moscolo, the Trevor Sorby, Robert Labetta, these are people these kids need to know. We need to have a history class in the cosmetology schools. You get these kids coming out of school, they have no clue who Vidal Sassoon is. They have no clue who Robert Lopetta is. These people, as far as I'm concerned, those people put the industry on the map because they were the first ones doing some really cool stuff in these magazines that people just looked at. 
And so, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about them. But it, it just puzzles my mind when I mention these names and I go, well, who are they? You know they what? need you, to you, know it, right? Yeah, I mean, interesting enough, I mean, if I can name drop a little bit here, we actually just talked to Trevor. So yes. we just interviewed Trevor and we interviewed Vivian McKinder. And, and to your point, like, you know, like we're excited. We're like, Trevor decided to come on, you know, like Tony and I, he's, he, we literally said that he's on our Mount Rushmore of hairdressers, yes, right? Mine. So, so <laughs> you know, you're telling people, you're like, oh my God, we're getting ready to talk to Trevor Sorby. And they're like, What's his Instagram account? I'm like, no, he's so much more than Instagram, man. Right. But Anthony, Mas- and you said Anthony Mascalo. Yes. Um, Anthony Mascalo made a, uh, a quote saying that uh, he feels that Trevor Sorby was responsible for making uh, hairdressing in the UK uh, as a front runner back in uh, when he was the artistic director for Beat uh, Out Totally agree. Totally, yeah, totally agree. Those guys took the game to the next level. Yeah. They really did. But I agree with you. So, we do need a history class yes. with young guys. So I look at those people. And then I look at uh, the great Chris Barron. You know, he is oh. such a great coach, such a great mentor. We've been by each other's sides since I joined Redkin. And, you know, we've really, you know, he's really a great mentor in a lot of ways to a lot of people. Uh, there's so many people as mentors. And I think that there's so many out there, but you need to go get them you need they they just don't appear in front of you you need to go after them and follow them that's how anthony moscolo every year i'd be going to salon international and i'll never forget chris barron goes why do you need to go why do you go to (laughs) salon international every year i go chris i need to get some juice i need to drink some juice some new juice he goes you know you i go i don't know everything i mean i just want to get some inspire inspiration so i said come with me and he went, and we, and he's like, whoa. This, and we took a case of mannequins, so at the end of the day, we would get in the apartment, and we would be cutting them up and just discovering things. I said, do you feel what I feel? He goes, yes. I go, as hairdressers, we must continue to learn. That's it. Man. As a teacher, I must never cease to learn. As hairdressers, we must never cease to learn. So I want you people out there that are listening, where are you? You need to be here at these premiere shows. There's, there's nothing like seeing something live. You know, I love this resource of computer as a resource of education. Yet, going to a live event, give an example. I'm doing a class with 100 people, and we're talking about education, how important it is. This girl in the back room raises her hand. She goes, I'm in a salon of 16 people, and I've been there for about six years. I'm busy, but I'm the only one here out of 16 people. I'm the only one always going to education. When I get back, they want to know it. I go, right. do you share it? She goes, yes. I go, good for you. You should share it. Yeah, but I'm paying for it. I said, don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. If you share it, you're anchoring what you learned even stronger. Look at it that way. Wow. And then I told her, I said, now, why are you still there? I said, me and you right now. Why are you there? I go, I can put money on it. The reason you're there is because you're booked and you're afraid to leave. Yet, if you continue with this attitude, you are going to start to lose clients because of your attitude. So now, look at this. I go, how many salon owners do I have in here? About 10 hands went up. I guarantee you, you're going to have job offers before this is over. Now, you would not have had that happen had you been behind the computer. Right. Go into a live event. Look at the interaction that's taking place. And sure enough, after we, after we, the class, she said, you're right. I had some job offers. I said, now, those are the salons you want to be because who's offering the job offer? The salon owner that's at the class. That's it. Yep. So live education, you know, is so important as well as digital and social. I mean, that, that, it, it's, to me, it's so interesting that it, that's coming from Sam because Sam does so much, you know, um, like his YouTube is just huge and stuff, you know, it's just, it's interesting that, that, you know what it is though. I, I think we're kind of looking at it. Uh, maybe we're kind of attacking it in the wrong direction. You know, the, 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 the internet or YouTube should be supporting what you're learning in class as opposed to, as, a, as opposed to, um, you know, using it in substitution too. And Love plus that. you get to be around other like-minded people, mm-hmm. people that, right. that, that want to do what you do. Right. right. Yeah. Not back at the sock. Sometimes you're at a shop, you know, and all people want to do is just 24 seven behind the chair. And that's nothing wrong with that. Right. But uh, you, uh, you find your people, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, my question is this. Are they doing the same thing they've always done behind the chair? So, yeah, you know, like what I'm trying to teach people right now is add value behind the chair. And they go, well, Sam, what's value? I said, value is knowledge. I said, you need to be YouTube behind the chair. You know, they, they go, well, my, one slaughter, she goes, Sam, I got a problem. Clients are coming in with their phone. They're showing it to my stylist. Can you watch this video and do this haircut? 
I go, so what's your response to your stylist? And they go, they roll their eyes and they're like, well, I don't cut that way or that's not going to fit you. I go, they, and she goes, what would you do? I go, I'd grab the phone, I'd watch the video, and I'd fast forward. And I go, okay, now let's talk about your texture of hair and your density and how I need to change the cutting pattern to fit your canvas. Right, right. And she's like, oh, my God. I go, here's what they're doing. They're putting up a wall because a client is handing them a phone, which puts them in a mood of, well, what, she doesn't think I know what I'm doing? That's not the point. I said, the phone is a valuable tool in the salon now. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, imagine this. This one's going to knock you guys off the floor. I said, when you get to the tutorial, blow dry, what do we do? We, we stand there, we tell them how to blow dry their hair, and then they come back, they complain. She goes, well, what would you do? In today's world, I would say, do you have your phone? Yes. Can I borrow it? I put it on my tripod. I go, I'm going to film me teaching you how to blow dry your hair. And I'm going to teach you how to apply the product and what product I'm using. I'm going to hand you the brushes, and you're going to do it. Now, when we're done, I'm going to hand you your phone back. Your blow-dry tutorial is on your phone. Your product application is on your phone. The product I recommend is on your phone. That is the new wave of the future. Start using your phone as a tool with the clientele. Now, can you imagine that, Tony? If you did that, clients are going to walk out of the salon. Oh, man, you got to go to my salon. They videotape them blow-drying, and it's on my phone. Does your stylist do that? Now the salon will explode. Now let's take it a step further. In classes, I'm doing hands-on classes. I'm saying, telling them, bring your phone fully charged. I said, okay, film step one. Film it. Now I said, okay, now go back with a partner. Look at the film together. Now partner A, you do it. Partner B, you grab their phone and film them talking it. Because now they're talking it like they're teaching it to you because they're going to anchor it. Now, partner B, your turn to cut step one. Partner A, you take their phone and you film it. Now they're going home with their notes. They spoke it out. You know how we teach it, right? And it's all about anchoring the learning. So I'm using the phone as a tool, and I think salons need to think about it. I'm I'm so inspired inspired in sight, right? (laughs) I'm going to record you talking on a mic. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anchoring in. Have him close his eyes when he listens to it. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> well, he Dude, will in a minute. Like, yeah. I told him, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, that no, no, go. So okay, so so we got your mentors, and then at what point were uh, did you make that transition? Did, so did you just grow up behind the chair, or did you go straight into education? I knew I wanted to be a teacher, and the first opportunity I had, I started teaching. So in the first salon I worked with, you know, people would stand by, and I just, other stylists would be stand watching me. I just started telling them what I'm doing, you know, and started practicing that whole thing. And then, uh, it, you know, a, a lady came in one day, sat down, got a haircut, and then she said, I, now I need to tell you who I am. I'm the vice president of a company called Backstad out of Dallas, Texas. We are like a chemical for perms, because in those days, perms were big. She goes, we're a chemical conditioning chemical for perms, but we need a cutter, and we'd like you to join us. So that was my first company was Backstat. And after that, that's, you know, small little shows. Anything and everything I could do, I was doing it so I could get gain the experience. And there's nothing more than experience, 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 again, again, and again. And then from there, I think it really took off when I joined a company by the name of Hayashi. And we became more as the Benny Hanna cutters. We were very much showmanship, the whole quick cut kind of thing, and yeah. just hair flying. And I did that for about six years, and then I decided, you know what, I don't want to be a showman. I really want to focus on being a teacher. And that's when I got a call from Redkin wanting to come in and do an audition. And then Redkin gave me the resources to understand what it is to be a facilitator and what it is to be a teacher. And they taught me interactive learning, interactive teaching, learner-focused teaching, that kind of thing came from Redkin. And that's my belief system now as far as a teacher. But that really turned me around in terms of being a teacher. I think what really put me on the map was social, my YouTube doing educational sound bites, because I saw that as the wave of the future. People were getting tired of watching, sitting down for an hour DVD, 45-minute DVD. Life was becoming very fast-paced. So I told my team, we're going to shoot hot tips. 
They said, what? I said, short educational sound bites. Nothing more than seven minutes, ten minutes, five minutes. Short little tips and tricks that are going to help them behind the chair. And that's when it took off on, on YouTube. Did you ever have any butterflies or, you know, like a lot of people are, are, are so afraid of public speaking. I feel like yesterday we were talking about public speaking, but a lot of people are afraid of public speaking. Did you ever have that or are you just, you know, what? here I am and I just want to teach? Let me say this, Tony. On my way walking over here, my palms were getting sweaty. And they were getting sweaty because I'm coming to talk to you guys. And I'm going through my head, what am I going to talk about? What am I, you know, what are they going to ask me kind of thing? So my attitude is this. The day the butterflies go away, then something's wrong. Now I'm taking it for granted. So I, you know, respect my butterflies and I let them fly. Yet I, I really try to control them. But it's only a natural cause. You know, fear is just fantasized experiences appearing real. That's all fear is. It's made up stuff that you're making right. up and you keep the mind keeps going there it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger so sam on that i mean <clears throat> this is actually this is a good space i think what do you um like i live on mantras right like i hear a yep. good quote and then that quote becomes my mantra I'm because it carries me on just it carries like me you through. Mm-hmm. so do you have a mantra or something like if you start to get that or, or once you get to that next level where you're like oh this is more than just sweaty palms do you have something that you say to yourself or, or do you have some kind of practice that that calms you down a little bit one comment I always say to myself is people buy people then they buy things love that so it's about making a connection Mm -hmm. it's about you know making that personal connection and connecting with people if you can make a connection then people will believe you they'll trust you they'll purchase from you and that's why I tell stylists behind the chair you know you need to make a connection and the way you make connection behind the chairs today is you're teaching them you're giving them simple little value-added tricks. Example being, I tell salons, there's no value in the back room. No value in the back room. It's the disease. It's where <laughs> gossip happens. Have, have you heard the Jen Plank quote? She's got the Which greatest one? quote the about Jen, the She's got great she's got ones. Great the, her, her back room quote, it, oh, God, I'm going to mess this up. Her back room quote is, the only thing you gain in the back room is a bad attitude and a larger pant size. Boom. I love that. I love the larger pants. It's the larger pants. <laughs> that would be Chad. <laughs> I love it. But I, I tell them, look, they go, well, Sam, if I got a color processing for 45 minutes, what do I do? I said, in today's world, I would purchase a pivot point or a Chris Sorby long hair mannequin and a let, tripod. Let, let's go with Chris Sorby long hair mannequin because yep. they are gorgeous. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Beautiful. Get a Chris Sorby long hair mannequin. And then what you do is while that color's processing, you're teaching that client simple little tricks. Simple little braids that they can do. And oh, by the way, her haircut's a pixie. And the salon owners, well, why would you want to teach her that? To make her the hero of the family. And not only that, but you're showcasing what you're capable of doing on the salon floor. Like people would go, what's that guy over there doing? Oh, that's Sam. He's playing with his dolls and showing, <laughs> showing, oh, his, cli- showing his client how to do something. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know you guys could do that, braid or do things like that. So if there's more value out there. Plus, you're really going in there and you're, you know, you're, you're teaching. And that's what I want stylists to get is they say, well, I'm not a teacher. I go, yes, in today's world you are. You have to understand in today's world you need to be a teacher. Well, a, a simple example. Client has a, her thumb bruised. What happened? Oh, I was hanging up a picture and hit my thumb. I said, well, the next time you take, hang up a picture, take a long hair grip, put the screw and the fat in, hold it, and now hammer it. And then the salon owner's right. like, well, that has nothing to do with hair. I go, but... Just look at the connection you just made. <laughs> you saved her a thumb, I mean, right? exactly. <laughs> But it's so it's simple little things like this that they need to get out of their bubble of hair and start thinking about how. And I'm not talking being a psychologist. I'm not going to go there. But I'm talking about how can I help them? You know those kinds of things. Example being, like I think retail areas need to be more interactive. Stop just putting products up there and line them all up, and they look beautiful and colorful. So the salespeople are like, well, what do you mean? I said, let's take uh, Redken's powder grip or any powder. I'd, I'd walk in. If I was a salesperson, I'd walk in with a beautiful bowl. I'd put that stuff in there, and I'd throw hairpins in there. And then I'd Velcro the product to the bowl, and now put it up on the retail shelf. And people are going to go, well, what's that bowl? What's that product? They'll look inside. What's all this powder? In? Oh, there's pins in here. They take a pin. It's got more tack. So it's things like that that need to become more interactive. Curvacea, you know, like a curly hairline. I pour that whole, take five products that curly hair people need, put them in a satin pillowcase, tie a bow around it, and say, for natural curly hair people only, ask me. What's going to get their attention? 
the satin pillowcase. And they're going, well, what's in there? Oh, that's for natural curly hair people. Oh, and the satin pillowcase is for you to sleep on so it keeps your cuticle smoother. So it's things like that that need to happen and change in the industry. Wow. Are, do you still work behind the chair? No, my two happiest days of my life. One when I opened my salon and two when I got rid of it. <laughs> it's like a boat. <laughs> but I, and I, I mean that in a positive way, meaning that I really figured out that I wanted to touch more people. And I'll never forget having my salon, coming back from a trip, and I walk in and they're all in the office. And I thought, okay, you guys going to walk out? What's up? They go, no, you taught us to be transparent. We want you to know that we're here because of you. And you're hardly here. The salon's not the same energy when you're not here. And blah, blah. I go, okay, great. Thank you for sharing that. We got a salon meeting in a month. We'll talk about it more. Thing came up. I said, you know what? I've decided I'm going to sell. You guys have opened my eyes. I can only touch one or two of you at a moment. I said, I want to touch more. So I want to get out there and I want to focus what, on what was really the, uh, teaching. When, when you dropped that bomb, what was the atmosphere like? It was quiet. It was, <laughs> it was. You know, they were, couldn't believe it, but then they understood that, and they believed in me that I had a lot to offer out there. And like a when purpose. I reach, when I achieved that lifetime achievement award, they were all at there. They were wow. all there. It was amazing to have them sitting there. My whole staff. It was there. It was amazing. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was quiet, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, they were kind of bummed and upset. But then I told them, look, you know, you've opened my eyes. I've written the last chapter on this book. I want to write a new book. Huh. And that book is, you know, getting out there and then uh, touching more people and teaching and focusing strictly on that. What city did you own your last salon in? Uh, San Mateo, California. San Mateo? Mm-hmm. That's yes. cool, because you're yeah. in Jacksonville now. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, and loving it. Sam Love. Via. Can we talk about Jacksonville? Yes. So, I mean, earlier in the conversation, before we got on, we talked a little bit about Sammy Skinner. Yes. There is some stuff that's going on in Jacksonville that's ridiculous. Isn't it? Like, uh, we're really good friends with um, Casey Powell, Mm -hmm. Updo Guru. Mm -hmm. Listeners, you're not following Updo Guru. This girl is doing stuff that I've never seen before. Like, she's creating, like, sculptures out of bobby pins, and mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Um, there's a couple other. Oh, uh, 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 Sarah Jane, right? Yeah. Sarah Jane's this there, too. Vivid's, uh, yeah, she was a Vivid's Naha winner Award. there. Yep. Like, you Jacksonville's just, like this, like, hidden little I, w- I think you've got Jacksonville. Yep. Hidden talent that nobody knows about, and then you have Salt Lake City, Utah. That whole That's area. another one, right? Yep. A lot, a lot of hidden talent in Salt Lake City. I don't know how far Elizabeth Fay is from there. But she's she's in uh, what Utah? Or, yeah, she's in Utah. Yeah, she's in a, she's in a town called St. George. Oh yeah, I, I know St. nothing George. about Utah. Yeah. <laughs> to know St. George. Yeah. yeah, beautiful little town. But yeah, there's Sammy Skinner and Updo Guru. Yes, I highly agree with you. Follow these people. Matter of fact, f- you know, start following as many people as you can that really fit your your thing, attitude. Right? Yeah, yeah, your yeah. whole you know what you're about, and find these people and and follow them. Can I, I mean, put Can I put Sam on the spot? <clears throat> put me on the spot. Okay, Sam. Talk Next year at Premier, Premier Orlando, you're there. You're mm-hmm. going to be there. Yep. We want to have a roundtable with just Jacksonville artists, and we want you to be there. I'm in. So Count we'll bring in. in Sammy. We'll bring in Abdu yeah, Guru. And we'll talk about it. like, and I think what I want to talk about is uh, is exactly that. that. Is is like is like well, we've talked about it a couple times on the internet, on the internet, on the podcast. That's where we live on the podcast. <laughs> we've talked a couple times on the podcast about how like you don't have to be in L.A. anymore. You don't have to be in New York anymore. You know, you can be from boy, you can be Justin from Boise, Idaho. You know, so I kind of want to bring that conversation, but really have a conversation I about it. it. And that town is going to be Jackson. I'm holding you to it. I'm in. Do, do, I, right. do I have to get Jackie's phone number? No, you don't need. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, you want to know something that's crazy? Sam gave me his phone number about three years ago. Uh-huh. And as, as hard as it was for us to connect, I kept opening up and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not going to text Sam. Right. <laughs> it had to be Chris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, hey, you need to do this. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, I'm, you're, I'm in Jacksonville. When we're there in Orlando, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Make it happen. All right, cool. The girls are going to be so excited. Oh, we got to do you know? that. Yeah. That'll oh, be cool, yeah. right? I think it's a cool, it's a cool conversation. Yeah, right? Christmas yeah. gift to the girls in June. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I think it really supports these people that have an attitude that think, well, I'm in little Timbuktu and I can't make it happen for me. It's like, I oh, totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You don't yeah. need to think that way anymore. I mean, if you if you practice and your hands talk and you practice and your eyes talk, you can do it. You know, it's it's so simple to make it happen. 
I mean, listen, the town we live in now is called Instagram, or the town we live in now is called social media. We, we yes. all have access to that town. You know what yeah. I mean? And to be a table of, of giving back. I mean, all those people believe in education and, you know what I mean, and inspiring others in our industry. So mm-hmm. that's, I, I'm, I can't wait to June. I know. Yep. I hope no. it happens now. Otherwise, we're just big fat liars. No, right? we'll make yeah. it happen. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. That would be great with Sammy and uh, Skinner and Updo. Yeah, they're awesome people, mm-hmm. too. Dude, there's nobody, like like we d- mentioned earlier, there's nobody in the world busier <laughs> than Sam Villa, you know. Um, this Actually, he, this guy should probably take us on vacation. I'm sure he has the air miles, you know, <laughs> like Australia or something. Um, Sam, how do you, like, how do you do it with the family and stuff? Like, like what's your work-life balance about? I've, I've tried to slow down a little bit, believe it uh-huh. or not. And I have a little boy now. He's 18 months. Yeah. What's his name? Mateo. Mateo. And he's awesome. And uh, it's funny. I, I'll work out with my mannequins and he wants to work <laughs> out on man. Yeah, it's funny. But family is, I, I've been very fortunate that my family understood what I wanted to do. My immediate family understood that. And they, you know, I've missed so many funerals. Um so many weddings and uh, family functions and things like that but um, but they know that I love what I do and they respect it and they support it um, and, but uh, it's not easy not easy you know it's difficult now that I have a little boy to leave but um, like I tell my wife I said do you like this do you like where we're at and how we live and what we do then I need to go so she respects that, and then she also understands that that's what I love to do. I love right. to teach, and it makes me happy. But I also understand happy wife, happy life. <laughs> right. You know, so you ever, it's not easy. It's not easy. Do you, do you I mean, Mateo's your first. Yeah, uh, yes. So, I mean, Tony and I, you know, we, we, we certainly have um, children. Um, like, that all may change, you know, once Mateo's in school. Yes. You know, like, do, do you see, like, even slowing down a little bit more? Because, I mean... You know, because because then your life's going to be you're not going to really see him during the week because he's in school a lot of the time, and then right. it's weekends. And where's dad? I've made a decision that I will when he participates in sports or anything like that. I think it's important that I'm there as often as I can. So I've made a decision that that's one thing that I want to commit to, mm-hmm. and that means that if I can't get to a, a venue until a Saturday then I'm going to have to have a team that supports me and has everything ready so that when I walk in, I can just walk up on stage and go to work. But I do really believe that um, I I have to figure it out how I continue to uh, support or satisfy both sides. Right. It's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. I mean, it's not easy like when you have like a quote-unquote normal life, you know. I yes. mean, even, even, even as as hairstylists, as all hairstylists, um, mm-hmm. You know, Saturdays is tough, you know, yes. like, like, you know, my daughter played sports all, um, you know, all through her childhood. And, 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 you know, we had to make the choice of like Saturdays, just dad's not available. Hopefully the team's good enough to make it to like a Sunday uh, final. <laughs> <laughs> right. Otherwise, like, dad didn't get to see her play. Right. Right. Could be there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I have, I'm very lucky. I've, I've got the family. If I'm in the area, they show up for the shows. They're there supporting and uh, it's great. It's I'm very fortunate. Very fortunate. That's so awesome. but I think it's all a matter of choices. You know, right. if you choose to do that, as long as you communicate it, you know, it, you're going to be fine. You know, communication builds wealth. And, yeah. and I'm talking not necessarily wealth and money. But well, it, you're it, not talking it, that at all. It, it's happiness. You right. know, it, it can build your happiness. So if you, it's all in, well, like we like to say at Redkin, it's all in the setup, you know. All in the setup. All like, in the setup. I like that a lot, man. So what has been your most favorite teaching experience? Mm. Whether it's a oh, place, gosh. a story. Uh. All right. Um, Redken, Belgium, had me go to Marrakesh, Morocco. They had about a couple hundred hairdressers that they brought into Club Med in Marrakesh, Morocco. And they said, okay, Sam, they want you to do the demo poolside one day. And I was doing demos or evening presentations. They said, okay, this next demo they want to do it the next day, poolside. And he said, whoa, 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 slow down. what kind of demos was it? Uh, I was working on models. Like, and, like and I mean, cutting. like, yeah. like haircut. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're a haircut next to <laughs> Yeah. I said, they said, we'll have a little tent. And then he said, wear sunglasses. I said, all right. And then I started thinking, well, sunglasses. I'm going to be underneath a tent, but I'll wear sunglasses. So I'm back there getting ready. He introduces me. I come out. I start talking. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. They're all topless. No. <laughs> they were all topless. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, 
Okay, I'm gonna kill him because uh, he do it. I wonder he told me to wear sunglasses. Right. But that was an experience I will never forget. But there's been fun times. There's been tough times, and you know, times to celebrate. But that's the one thing. I would never trade what I do now. You can't pay me enough for it. The people I've met, the places I've seen. I just last week returned back from South Africa doing an event there and wow. have an opportunity to really touch South African hairdressers who are desperate to learn. But it's, you couldn't, I wouldn't trade my job. You know, I, I wouldn't have never seen Marrakesh, Morocco. I never would have seen the, uh, Johannesburg, Cape Town. You know, these places that I've been to. It's incredible. Incredible. A, it's amazing, like... If you know your clients have no clue that no. like that hairdressing can take you around the world, oh, it's it, amazing, Corey. Because what they say was, Sam, what was that town like? I go, Well, I can tell you what the hotel was like. <laughs> I, I didn't get out of the hotel. <laughs> Why didn't you get to see the city? I go, Well, it's a long story. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, That's they think you're going to go to a town and you're going to have a good time and see this and see that, but a lot of times, what happens? It's all work, and it's from your hotel room to the prep area to the stage, back and forth, nonstop. And it's over onto the plane. Yeah, right. <laughs> Off to the next city. Yep, onto the next one. Yeah, and I love it. I wouldn't trade it. Would never trade it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What was um? I, we talked about like y- your favorite bit. What was like? What was the nightmare on stage or the nightmare presenting? Like, oh, did you gosh. have an experience where you're like, oh, and how do you manage? Yeah. <laughs> when, when didn't you set up using Redkin's words? Where you got? My nightmare experience was in Malaysia, um, and I was with an artist by the name of Justin Isaac, a Redkin artist. He's a great colorist. And he and I were doing a program, and they had us in a club and a sold-out venue. We had about 15 dancers and about 30 models, and we're doing the hair in the kitchen, and we're all spread out. And I taught these two kids how to do these things called rosettes. took hours to do, but they got it done on a dancer. And then they came over to me, and they said, Sam, Sam, rosette, rosette, no good, no good. I'm like, what? (laughs) They, out, out. And I go running over there, and... They said, Lena, take them out. I go, what? I go, they, you took hours to do this. And I walk over to the model, and they've been taken out. So I go, what happened? <laughs> so I go to the director for Redkin. What happened on this? She goes, Sam, the, the lead dancer didn't want her hair, the model's hair done. I go, want the dancer's hair done. I go, what is this, a dancing show or a hair show? I said, I can't believe after the hours that they worked on that, you just took it out. Now, you have to understand I'd been on a tour with Justin. We did Taiwan. We did Malaysia. We did Singapore. Malaysia was our last stop. And we'd been going through ups and downs. I had my brush bag stolen, some shears stolen. So by the time we got to Malaysia, it had built. So I looked at her. I said, that's it. I'm out of here. I went and grabbed my bag, if you can believe it. I got my stuff and walked out. And she's like, what? And Justin's looking at me. And he's watching me, and I walked out. <laughs> the hotel was across. <laughs> the back of Sam. The, I just see the back of Sam the, walking out. The hotel, the and we're about three hours away from showtime. And the hotel's across the street. I walked out. I made a left-hand turn. I just had to sit and breathe. So I see Justin Isaac. He comes out, and I yell, Justin. And he walks over. He goes, he's like, holy. <laughs> you're not Superman after all. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you are a human being. He goes, you do blow your gasket. He goes, wow, that was cool. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm glad to see that you're not like we all think you're Superman. You can do anything. You can handle anything. He goes, and then he goes, now there goes all the Malaysian corporate walking across the street, heading to my hotel. And he goes, there they go. He goes, I'll get them. I go, no, no, let them go. Let them go. He hmm. goes, and he, so we talked it out. He said, you need to get back in there. This is, you know, all, he goes, I've never seen you act this way. He goes, you're the one that teaches us. Don't put us first. And he goes, I've always, I seem to think you're putting yourself first. And I looked at him and go, you know what? You're right. You're right. I need to get back in there, apologize and go to work. So that was a huge stumble, a huge learning lesson. But as you know, like we say at Redkin, it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. And that was oh. one that I learned from that, you know what, it's, I'm not Superman, but I have to handle things in a positive way and not ever walk or turn my back to people. That's incredible. I actually, um, I, want, I want to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it kind of works in, 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 its, in the sense. Um, so we're talking about world travel and stuff. But, you know, another thing that, um, that uh, certainly our clients don't mm. understand is, is, is how giving and caring this industry is. 
and, and for just a second, I kind of want, I want to talk about um, Matthew Fairfax. Do you know Matthew Fairfax? No, I don't. Matthew Fairfax. Get ready. Hold his, hold his head together because he's going to be mind blown. So uh, Matthew Fairfax owns a hair salon in Seattle, but he also owns a school in Cambodia. And his students are former wow. um, uh, sex trafficked women. And what he's done is he's opened the school in Cambodia and he's training these women to do hair. So, they're not, so there's no temptation to get back into the sex game trade. It's the wow. most amazing. Whoa. Well, is absolutely right. What's the cool part is that hairdressers from all, all around the world donate their time. So they'll they'll go to as, Matthew as educators. as educators to the school. And whether it's a day, a week, a month, months. Up to a year, right? I think you said that you could come up to a year. Yeah. So people, you know, so hairdressers from all around the world go and help educate these women. I think it's an amazing thing. Wow. Yeah. I would like to get involved in that. That's Matthew great. Fairfax. Matthew Fairfax is his name. Yeah, we, we can get you in touch if yeah. you like. Um, when we're done here, give we, uh, me that info. We've never actually met or even talked to him on the podcast, but but um, a, a, another podcast guest kind of told us the story, and Tony and I were just like, that whatever we do, we do. I mean, I, I, I'm i going to make a proclamation here, but hopefully it doesn't bite me in the butt. But, you know, if Tony and I are ever in the um, position to kind of, like, put together a fundraiser, I definitely think either Matthew or a program like Matthew is, if you guys ever do so, I see my brand. We're looking for something, so we are looking for something to kind of like uh, charity or tie ourselves to. But I love what Matthew's doing. That's really a great cause. Yeah, we would love to sponsor hairdressers to be able to go over there. To yeah, that would be the deal. Yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. I understand too. There's a uh, uh, prison. Some prisons in the U.S. are having people going in and they're training them how to be cosmetologists. So when they get out, they're going to have a career. Oh, which wow. I think is pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool too yeah. because our, our industry doesn't care about any of that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. really. No, we need to, and you know, it's time. It it's, is time. It's really time. You know, we're so much involved in breast cancer and a lot of that, but I think we need to be more aware of what's what's going on out there in the world. Also, you know, I think cancer is really something we need to solve. Yet there's so many other things that I feel stuff. we could help with. Yep. Amen. I like that a lot. Um, on a side note, do you listen to Ear Hustle podcast? Air- Air hustle. Ear hustle. Ear hustle. No. Oh my gosh! It's am I mi- what am I missing? It's a. It's it's completely produced inside of San Quentin prison, and it's it's produced Ear by hustle. the person by the prisoners. Whoa! Yeah, it'll I blow love that. Yeah, I love it too. I love all those lockup shows. You know, late at night, I'm like, lock up. I'm there. <laughs> are you a really? Are you a reality TV guy? Uh, yeah, mainly. I mean, because like the, well, Tony will tell you, or even you know anyone here will tell you that. You know, my history knowledge is ridiculous. You know, and I just, I get caught up in kind of like in documentary or, mm-hmm. or it has to be real to me and it's got to, it, it kind of has to uh, touch yeah. me. I mean, being that we're in D.C. and being that we're right outside of D.C., like my world is about the Civil War. You know? yeah. It's like I'm so like, woo, micro focused onto that. But um, I think, know. I think reality TV is important. I'm doing uh-huh. one now called Look All Stars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I love it because it's upgrading the industry. It's not like, you know, I didn't want to be a part of something that was a train wreck. Or a part of something that was going to create too so much emotion and you know like ripping people apart and that yeah. kind of thing. This one's more upgrading. It's more like uh, chopped. Yeah. Basically, where they get competitors, they compete on things and they get a basket of things and boom, that kind of thing. But it's all about really upgrading the industry. So if you get a chance, check it out. Look, yeah. all stars. We, we, we actually, we, we actually have. have. We, we've yeah. had a. Um, Did you like it? What did yeah. you think? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah. 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 Now I will tell you that you know we have a couple friends that were on it. Like um, we uh, we uh, our friend Ben. Holland, oh friend, yeah, I love Ben. And yeah. our, our, here I was there with Ben. Yeah, and our dear friend Presley Poe. Oh, Presley, I love, I love Presley. Presley's well. on a roll. Ooh. She's on a roll. Ben's a great coach too. For anybody out there that's uh, influencers and you're looking for presentation skills, check out. He's ben. amazing. Yeah, actually, he, he told us. He's great. Actually, he didn't tell us. Mariah from Pink Pewter told us that you got Ben and um and her together so she could yes. work on her presentation. Right. Yeah. So I know that Mariah was very thankful to you and to Ben. So yeah. well there's my attitudes, there's plenty for everybody. Plenty yeah. for everybody. You know, it's brands supporting right. brands, artists supporting artists. We really need to come together and understand that. I don't care what shampoo you're holding as long right. as you're holding a professional line. Right. You know, it doesn't That's matter. It. There's plenty for everybody out there. It's pretty amazing. it, it, it I'm encouraged by where we are. I mean, we, we, you know, we hear a lot of negative about, you know, about what social media is doing. But um, and, and we've actually talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, too, not to keep repeating stuff. But like it's like the very nice people are, 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 are rising to the top, like like the nice people are, are, are the cream of our industry right now. Like even even the influencers that we've had contact with, like they've all been just amazing to us, you know, and and I, literally Tony and I had a conversation last night, like, you know what, in, in the 35 or 40 episodes that we've done, we haven't ran into an asshole yet. 
got. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's like I believe your smile is your business card. Your attitude is your personality. You know, it's so important that you maintain those two in check. Really important. That's awesome. pretty amazing, right? Yep. So. Once again, social media is all positive for us. <laughs> yeah, social media is a great thing. It's like a lot of people say, how'd you get where you're at? Well, we talked about that. It's practice, 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 practice again, practice, again, practice. again. But social media really exploded my name. You know, it really got me out of that Redken bubble, so to speak, right. and got me out there in terms of like uh, the educational sound bites that we were putting out. How did you um, <clears throat> how did you manage to do uh, have a Sam Via line also under the Lore and also being a L'Oreal artist? Okay, that's interesting. Uh, being a Redken artist, what I did was I'm very well aware that my career as an educator won't last forever. Eventually, I think people are going to say, "Well, I've seen him before. I've, he's been around for a long time. Oh, he's old." So I, I think that that I, I want fears, Tony. <laughs> right? We all have it. Well, you so, look a whole lot better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty industry keeps us young, Tony. It is the beauty industry. So um, I basically was, um, you know, at a point where I went to Redkin and said, "Look." I want to do this. I'm going to fill a void that you don't have, which is tools. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to touch wet. I just want to get out there and set myself up for when I'm done with this and when you choose, say you need to go. So I, I got their blessing and I didn't, was not asking for any financial support or anything. I was just ask, getting their blessing that you support that, that I want to do this. Right. And they said, look, we love the fact that you're going to do this and um, as long as you don't come out with a wet line. So that's what I wanted to do. That's the reason why I did it, did it because I started having problems with my hands and there were some notes that I'd made throughout my career. You know, forward set thumb, ergonomically correct. The doctor's like, when is somebody going to make a pair of forward set thumb shears? He goes, you people are putting your hand in an ergonomic position. It doesn't belong. He goes, look, hold your hand out. He goes, now that's how you need to shape a shear so it fits, so nothing's moving. So basically that's what I did was all about ergonomics and things like that. So it started there it started with dvds Mm -hmm. i wanted to do educational dvds but i wanted the dvds to be different where we actually went into a salon and we filmed a hands-on live class on a dvd so that i would be like that cooking show where that guy talks out of the oven what was that? Yeah, uh, have you ever uh, seen um, him? Alton yeah. Brown. Alton Brown. Yes. Uh, it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back. They He's just re- great. They just announced it. What's He's, it called? I forgot what it was called. Come on, room. Oh God. Do you remember Tony? It was, I forgot what it was, but I thought I want to be. I want to do something like that where he's talking good to eats. the camera. Yes. Good, good eats, eats. Good, good eats, good eats. I go. I want to. I want to go in and do something like that. Like I want to talk to the camera. Hey guys, did you hear the question? Here's the question. Blah blah blah. So I wanted those DVs to be not. I tell you. I wanted them to get the questions from the people that I was teaching and go to the camera and say, okay, did you hear that question? The question was, now let's talk about that. So it became very interactive. I remember Charlie Kennedy, who was uh, VP of uh, production for Redken, I had him come in and and direct it. And he goes, this is legendary what you're doing. This has never been done before, where it's a DVD that was interactive and had that. That's where it started. And then from there, they said, uh, my two best buddies, like you guys have been great buddies for since high school my two best buds i said guys i want to do something educational dvds and i said come to the redkin symposium check it out and they've been following me for a while so they came to the symposium after the opening they said okay let's go back to your room and talk i said all right they go well you're not going to go the back way i go no i walk the front way and he goes sam uh, i go hey i owe it to these guys to you know they want a photo i've never turned down a photo if they want whatever it is they want to talk so we got to the room. It took us two hours to get back to my room. When I got back to the room, they go, Sam, you need to realize you need to do more than DVDs. It's time. You're ready to explode. So we suggest you mortgage your home and let us go find some investors and let's get this and make this big. Think tools. So that's when I started thinking about shears and things. So getting Redkin's blessing was great. And as you see, they, they support me. I mean, yeah, a lot of the Redkin artists carry the tools, use the tools. And um, I'm very fortunate. I think every hairdresser in the country supports you. Uh, we all love thanks, you. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to well, keep. I know I have a flat iron. I, know. <laughs> I have a Sambia flat iron. I have. A, I have razors. I have texturizers. <laughs> I, ha- I have. I'm going to keep putting it out there. You know, I'm like people go. You know, the who was it? Uh, Gino Stampero made a joke when I got the Lifetime Achievement, and now he goes, "You know what's next now? 
I go, what? He goes, well, now you're going to go up on the PBA Hall of Fame. And after that, he goes, that's, that, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're, done. <laughs> you're done. That's like your funeral <laughs> right there. You go to PBA to a box. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the Professional Beauty Association. And if you're not a member, you need to be a member of that. And support, you know, we need to continue to have license in this industry. That's yeah. so important. We yeah, need to yeah. continue that. I, I am up for the, the, uh, the concept of uh, regulating across, but we need to have a license. Yes. You know, that's so important. I agree completely, actually. Can you imagine somebody putting, you know, decolorizer on your hair that's just no no clue? I mean, dangerous. Very dangerous. Even sometimes it's dangerous for the people that have a clue. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think you would be in England. Yeah. Yeah, England, right. they don't have a license there, right? No. Right. Yeah, but they're very well trained. They've yeah, got true. years and years of training. You haven't, yeah. and I love their training system. Yeah, that's what I, minimum Trevor two. Yeah, Trevor it's, believes in licensing. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, it's important, really important. We can't lose that. We cannot lose that. All right, you ready? Should we do it? All right. So, uh, well, we're going to ask the last question. All right, all right. So the last question we're going to ask: You can't say 49ers. <laughs> you can't. You can't say. Uh, okay, you know, now the power of now. You can't say fishing. You can't say golfing. You guys have done your homework. <laughs> I love you guys. So, You've done your you homework, can't say any of those. girl. Okay, and, and, and a couple other things, Sam. I'm not going to let you off the hook. And and you know, listen. You have a you have a leave time, and I'm going to keep you over if, if you try to if you try to take advantage. But okay. uh, but um. So no world peace, none of that stuff. Ready? What? What? Like physically, are you absolutely obsessed with right now? Wow. Whew. I would say right now, it's got to be my little boy. Boom, Mateo. Mateo. Yeah, it's got to be Mateo. I find myself, as soon as I walk in that door, I got to pick him up, that kind does of thing. Does he Dino you when you walk in? Oh, yeah. He Dino's, yeah. Uh-huh. He yeah. does now. At yeah. first he did. Now he's like runs to me with his arms. Uh, uh, so I would say that that's, yeah. That's, that's, I, I that's think that's it. fair. Yeah. You know, I think that's completely fair. You know what's amazing about like once you have a kid, like <gasps> you, you thought you understood unconditional love, but that's truly unconditional love because there's a lot of stuff my wife could do. Where we'd have issues. I totally, know? totally But there's agree. nothing my daughter could do where we'd have issues. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Well, this little guy's a miracle baby. You know, it's a make a long story short. short imagine 21 people in the delivery room. 20? <laughs> 21 people with every trauma unit you can think of in oh that delivery gosh. unit. Because oh. of what we were told. And then... When that little guy popped out, the doctor was like, oh, my God, we have a healthy baby boy. Mm. And, uh, I mean, he's one of, let me put it this way, he's one of four in the world. One of four in the world that this occurred, and then it came out completely opposite of what we were preparing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're in the room with 21 people. Mm -hmm. Your heart's in your throat. Yeah, I asked him, why so many people? He goes, I got trauma units here. got heart, kidney, brain. He goes, and those two ladies over there are two psychologists for you when we're done. <laughs> for you, Sam. Yeah. Dude, so, I but it was amazing and uh, very blessed, you know. Um, what was that? What was that spin of emotion? Gosh, I was like, uh, you know, I, I felt I had to be really strong for her so that she was, you know, because she couldn't basically see anything. But uh, it was uh, a roller coaster, definitely a roller coaster. Well, you know, you have a doctor say to you, I'll never forget. I was about ready to punch him in the face. He goes, well, (laughs) he says, he goes, well, you're not going to have the healthiest baby boy. He's probably going to be the smallest and he's not going to be the smartest and he'll probably make a good horse jockey. What? That's what he said. And I would, I looked at him. I said, you know, medical society, medical society, you know, I, it's just, I said, you could not figure out a way, better way to say that. He goes, well, I've been your your wife's doctor since she was 13 her, your mother-in-law's doctor and i said yet yeah, you're talking to me right now i mean wow. it's like so i can't wait to take him in so that he can see when he's like six years old how smart he is and how right. where he's at in his life and what he's doing like you know Beautiful. yeah good for you that's, that's it's amazing. it's a it's uh so that's why i saved my most physical is like mateo right now that's awesome. amazing well, we need to take you up on your offer uh, about saying no to pictures because 
That's what uh, we're going to do after this. We want <laughs> exactly. pictures. Exactly. A pleasure. Um, absolutely. So, uh, Mr. Sam B. I want to do this again with you guys. Yeah, but what we're going to do in Jacksonville. We're going to do it in Orlando, premiere. But then let's make this an annual. Why don't we do? Um, you know, deal. let's do something. Deal. Deal. Make it an annual. I mean, we could. We could. Of course, your time is crazy, but maybe we could do Jacksonville, and we could get on in Orlando as well. Yeah, maybe you know? Cambodia, or we got to. Yeah. <laughs> we can do Cambodia with Matthew. Fritz. And when I'm back Perfect. in the D.C. area, you know, oh, oh keep, definitely. Keep an eye on my schedule, and then if I'm in the D.C. area, let's make it happen. Let's, let's definitely do it. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, and the reason I say that is I think that I really believe in myself. I'm really on this mission of education and on this mission of brands supporting brands, artists supporting artists, and on this mission of live and digital, you know, using both resources. But I really want people out there to understand, you know, I'm going to ask you one more time, where are you? You need to be here so that we can just touch each other physically. We can share ideas and kind of get, uh, kind of get motivated and network with each other and do it live. Mm. There's close no it out. better way to close than that. Mr. Sam Via, the elusive Sam Via, thank you very, very much for joining us on Your Day Off. Thank you, Your Day Off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>